Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dependosplaining, the podcast. This is the podcast where we dependosplain you your dependa needs for your dependa lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. I am Veronica. (laughs) And I am Jen. Hi, Jen. How's it going? Oh, it's, you know, it's going. It's going. It's going. Today's a new day. It is a new day. I'm so End excited. Day. End of day, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited because the weekend's coming up and I'm ready for yes. some sunshine, even though today was very hot outside and my thermometer was saying, and by thermometer I'm saying my iPhone was telling me it was only 84, but it did not feel 84. It yeah. felt 104 <laughs> outside. Yes. The humidity is real here. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Humidity is hard. It's it's no joke. Some days are good. Today was warm, but there was a nice breeze that came through. So when we were outside for recess, it was okay, mm-hmm. kind of. I still had to find my shade. It was still pretty hot. But there are days where there it's just sun. Sun and oh, yeah. humid and, oh, my God, you walk outside and just instantly sweating. So gross. But I'll tell you this. My skin has never looked better. <laughs> It's like nice and plump and yeah. doesn't look dull and dry. So yeah. I'm thankful for or that. Or my face is my face has color, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that when it's not just like a deathly I'm sick and dying white. Right? I don't look dead anymore. I have color. I don't look a little jaundicey and yeah. on the like I'm I'm I emerged from the grave and I'm a zombie. <laughs> vampire. Yes, I am Vampire. Yes, That's I what am people yell. Vampire bride. Yeah. Yes. That's what they would yell when they would see us. Ah, vampire! <laughs> and I'd be like, you are correct. You are you correct. You just came back from the death. I can see yeah. it. And I'm not the pretty sparkly kind. I'm <laughs> the one that looks tired all the time. <laughs> uh, if you are a vampire, you should email us at defendusplaining at gmail.com. <laughs> or, you know, send us a, a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Tell us about your vampire lifestyles. How do you handle it? Do you stay in the sun or out of the sun? What kind of sunscreen do you use? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> 1,000 SPF. 1,000 SPF. Hold the garlic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, and don't forget to rate and subscribe, please. That yes. really helps us out. Five stars. Yes, please. Because you know you love us. You're back every week. You love us. Just go yeah. in really quick where... Ever that you can do ratings and just hit that five star and just be like, yeah, these girls are awesome. Bye. Yeah. And let us know how we're doing. If you if you like listening to us, let us know. If you don't like listening to us, there's a lot of other podcasts you could listen to. So move along. But if you guys want us to cover a topic, (laughs) let us know. And we will gladly do that because we love doing that. We love um contributing to the dependent community and we like um participating and yes that's all i have to say about that yeah we do we like our we're it's like we have a uh, participation trophy just for dependents you know we're here helping you get your trophy you've participated you're here you're doing it you're doing it yeah it's not a competition everyone gets a trophy at the end of the day yeah yeah, it's true. Because we're all in this together. We're here to help each yes, other. It just yeah. so happens that Jen and I are really good at it. And so that's why we put out a <laughs> podcast. 
Sorry, we're good at it. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> yes. Great. Uh, I don't have anything going on over here in my life. I don't have a life right now. So, great. I'm having spaghetti for dinner. Have a life. I'm really excited <gasps> about that. Me too. That. That's how sad my life is. I'm excited about the spaghetti. I'm, I'm just excited, excited that we're both having it. spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Spaghetti Thursdays. Spaghetti <laughs> Thursdays. It's the easiest meal I can make when I know I have to make it in advance. For real. To be in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> for recording for recording purposes. <laughs> Uh yeah. yeah, my my son has been asking for it because he loves it, and so I was like, okay, I'll make it. I'll make it today because it's easy again. Like I said, but then Kyle's home, so he. I was like, oh, this will be a good meal for him to cook. You can cook, Kyle. You're fine. You're fine. You can cook. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, you can't screw it up. You got this. Great job, Kyle. I I'm sorry about the background noise. My husband is in the kitchen cooking. God knows what he's doing in there. Like I said, he's supposed to be making spaghetti, but we just never know. We just never know what concoctions he'll come up with. <laughs> <laughs> and then my children are playing video games. I let them play video games when when we record, on days that we record. So, Jen, why don't you tell us what you've been doing, recovering from what, since you've been down and out? Yes, I um, I am on day two of recovering from my first dose of covid vaccine yay Ugh. jen yay. was brave yeah <laughs> so the shot doesn't hurt at all like you hardly even feel it it's it's mm -hmm. easy but oh my goodness your arm starts to hurt by the end of the day let's see i got a headache i started getting hot i was getting like i was getting a fever at the end at the very end of the day and then mm -hmm. And, you know, I just took Motrin. It was okay. I went to sleep. Oh. Then I woke up, and I was kind of okay. And I took some Motrin before work. But by, like, mid-afternoon, I started feeling pretty bad again. And it felt like I started was starting to get a fever. Oh. And when I got – I mean, it was towards the end of workday, thankfully. So I – when we went home, I took a nap, like, right away. I was like, I can't – I can't do anything. I just have to sleep. And – I'll, you know, set an alarm for like an hour because my son had baseball practice. So I slept for like an hour and I woke up and I felt better, but not great. Still had like a headache. Here we are feeling, I'm feeling a little bit better. Still kind of like weird. Like, I don't know. It goes in waves, I feel like, but definitely better than yesterday. Well, that's great, Jen. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you got the vaccine. I know I had a big change of heart about it. I was so like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, but I'm I'm going to do it. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Yay. Thank you. It'll get better. I still have, I got dose number two coming up, but it'll be, you know, then I'll be fully vaccinated after two weeks sure. after that one. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Then maybe I can live life because they're, you know, Wanting you to and then do maybe, stuff, so. maybe they can open up the world again, and we can travel, and we can see our families, and we just go yes. sit at a restaurant with my family and have a hamburger. Yeah, that's all I want. I just, I just want to see, I just want to see my family. That's all. That's all I care about. Mm -hmm. I just want to see them. I haven't seen my grandma in four years, so it's time. Yes. Yeah. Same. I haven't seen my mother in four years. Well, anybody, any of my family in California, 
I haven't seen yeah. them in four years. Oh, yeah. And I miss them. So I'm excited. I'm excited for opportunities. Well, I'm excited for your story because you said you had a really good story and I'm here for it. Yes. Holy cow, I have a story for you. And like I was telling Veronica earlier, I just was having like deja vu that we'd already covered yeah. this, but I know that we, yeah, I seriously don't think we did. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It just like it has a feeling that I did, but then there's like so much to it. I'm like, I don't think I ever did cover that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think it's not. I checked, guys. <laughs> I checked. All right. Are you ready for my true crime story? Totally. Give it to me. All right. Here we go. This story is about the serial killer, Andrew uh, Erdialis. A serial killer. Mm hmm. Pause for okay. effect. Yes, I'm all for okay. it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Andrew Erdialis was a loner. Uh, he was an average student, and he graduated from Thornridge High School in Dalton, Illinois, in 1982. He was given the title in high school, Social Outcast. And though he only had a few friends... It didn't stop him from attending a high school reunion and telling a former schoolmate that he had killed two prostitutes in California. Just Mm. like comparing and sharing, that's his story that he has. Hey, what have you done after high school? Well, (laughs) I killed two sex workers. Yeah, in the last 10 years, I killed two. Well, unfortunately, there's more than two. Oh. So, yeah. Andrew, who was 19 at the time, he signed up. Um, with the Marine Corps just after high school from 1984. Well, starting in 1984, he was based at Camp Pendleton in California, mm-hmm. where it just says he was given extensive training. So with that training, he was taught how to use a weapon and fight at close quarters, but no one realized what Andrew was actually planning to use these skills for. Oh. Okay. During his time in the military, uh, Erdialis also fell in love with a 15-year-old girl. No. No. Whom he impregnated. No. But he was afraid of her parents and any military discipline, so they agreed that she would get an abortion. Oh, my God. 15. Andrew was... Qu- yeah. Andrew was quoted... Saying to his, I think a psychologist, I loved her and still love her. But the law in the state of California and the righteous in the Marine Corps might not see it that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> 15. Are you kidding me? She's Fucking a child. 15. Yeah. That's disgusting. She's a child. Even, even I know back then, still happened, like, a child. A long time ago. Ugh. So, I just, she doesn't... It really no. was not that long ago. I mean, it's the 80s, it so yeah, it was not really thought upon. Yeah. They didn't really do that anymore. You know, I understand back, way back in the early 1900s. Well, he he graduated in uh, 1982, right? 19, yeah. And uh, 1982. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then was, did he meet her before the high school reunion, like after high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, his high school reunion is, what, 10 years later. So, he it's so while he was in the military 
in California is when he met this 15 year old. So like, let's say like 30 years ago, that's still not that long ago. I mean, no, 30 years it's ago disgusting. and she's 15. She's, st- she's a child. She's a child. It, yeah. Anyways, yeah. there's more to it, obviously, to the story. It's, it's gross. Andrew Erdalis hadn't joined the Marines out of a sense of patriotism. He wanted to learn to defend himself and, more importantly, how to attack. Okay. So, here we go. Uh, trigger warning for uh, different things, but mostly probably just for sexual assault. So, listener discretion is advised, as always. On the night of January 18th, 1986, Andrew headed out to the Saddlebrook Community College campus in Mission Viejo, with a hunting knife in his car. Mm-hmm. There he came across popular art student Robin Brandley, who was 23, who had just been volunteering as an usher at a piano concert and was walking back to her car. Andrew pounced and stabbed her 41 times before oh leaving her dead in the car park. Car park, that's so British. <laughs> parking in the lot parking for lot. American folk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I did get a lot of this information from a article a, what that was a UK article. So oh, okay. that, that would explain why I wrote that in there. <laughs> How funny. Uh, not the case. Anyway, sorry. I get a little, I laugh at things when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> sorry. Sidetrack. Okay. Um, yes. So... Yeah, so he left her dead in the parking lot. It was the start of a killing spree that lasted a decade. Mm. Over the next two years, Andrew kept his cover as a law-abiding Marine, but inside he knew he was capable of murder. And people around him were starting to notice that he didn't fit in. Those serving alongside Andrew noted that he was socially awkward with an odd twitch. Despite this, oh. he was promoted to corporal, corporal while stationed at 29 Palms in California. So, new base. Mm-hmm. But he was nicknamed Corporal Urinalysis. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? That's nice. And once the senior ranks realized that no one was willing to take commands from him, he was quietly demoted. Which is kind of no sad. Was... Like, so, they didn't take him serious? Yeah, so no one would really, like, take him serious. They weren't wanting to take commands from him or listen to him in any way, so. Okay. I don't know if it's, like, his demeanor was actually, I mean, more than just, like, this twitch that he said that he had, or Mm -hmm. if there, you know, if, you know, his demeanor Mm -hmm. where he was just, like, I don't know, more than weird, you know, when you, you know, you have bad feelings about people. I don't know. Sure. But nonetheless, on... July 17th, 1988, he picked up a prostitute named Julie McGee, who was 29. After having sex with her, he shot her in the head and dumped her body in a ditch. Boosted by the kill, he struck just two months later in San Diego. His victim was another sex worker, Marianne Wells, who was 31. Again, he shot her dead after sex and then left her body in an abandoned warehouse. Mm -hmm. The following year, in April, uh, he picked up prostitute Tammy Irwin, who was just 18, 
in Palm Springs and shot her in the head and hip, killing her. Mm. By 1991, Andrew's inability to command respect and his odd nature saw him honorably discharged from the Marines. Andrew returned home to his parents in Chicago, but he was repeatedly drawn back to his killing ground in California. In September of 1992, he returned to California for a holiday on, well, or vacation again. Mm. UK terms. On the 27th, he offered to give 19-year-old Jennifer uh, as Benson a lift in his rental car as she walked to a bus stop. Andrew drove her out to the desert, raped her, and threw her in the truck. The trunk, not the truck. In the trunk. As he drove away, presumably to find a place to kill her, he stopped at some lights and, incredibly, Jennifer was able to open the trunk and escape. Oh, okay. Yep. So she was alive Okay. Yeah. She was still alive. He was taking her just like he did with others, taking her to some other place to kill her and dump her body. Mm. But luckily got out before that happened. So she told police about what happened, but they didn't take her seriously or realize she had just escaped from a serial killer. Andrew laid low for three years, but the lure to kill was just too strong to resist. In March of 1995, he returned to California and met sex worker Denise uh, Manny, who was 32, in Cathedral City. Oof. The story is very... (laughs) Yeah. It was was a hard one. He forced her into his car and drove out to the desert. After raping her, he stabbed her in the chest and shot her in the head and then dumped her body. Yeah. By now, Andrew was a uh, trusted security guard in a Chicago shopping mall. So, because he kept just flying out to California, but Mm -hmm. ultimately his home was in Chicago and he got a new job. Mm -hmm. This gave him the confidence to kill nearer to home. In April 1996, he crossed the state line into Bloomington, Indiana, and he murdered... Sex worker Laura Ulacki, uh, who was mm-hmm. 25. He dumped her body in Wolf Lake, which straddles the Illinois-Indiana border. On July 13th, Andrew Erdalis, Erdialis, sorry, Andrew Erdialis ran into Cassandra Corum, who was 21, at a bar on Michigan Avenue in Hammond, Indiana. The two rode in his pickup truck to Wolf Lake and had sexual intercourse. According to Andrew, later in his testimony, he claims that Coram had said something to him that made him mad, but he just can't remember what it actually was. Oh, or it was just his excuse to try to justify what he did. Yeah, exactly. So... Andrew started hitting uh, Cassandra in the face with his fist and open hand, and she became afraid and started to panic. He then took out his handcuffs and forced them on her, handcuffing her hands behind her back. He tore her clothes off and taped her mouth with duct tape. He Mm -hmm. then headed south on Interstate 55, 
Andrew exited about 100 miles south of Chicago and drove to a park. He shut off the lights and removed the handcuffs and duct tape. Uh, Cassandra, who was still naked, got out of the truck. Andrew then says that Cassandra walked to the back of the truck and turned to face him and say something. He then fired his gun and hit her in the face. Andrew said he was still angry with her for fighting with and biting him. So he got his knife and he stabbed her. Andrew claims he does not remember how many times, but the knife did not have much blood on it. So Andrew put it back in his truck. He then carried Cassandra to a bridge and dropped her into the Vermilion River. Cassandra Coram's uh, best friend testified against uh, Erdialis and remember him as being a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Also, when Cassandra turned up missing, Andrew had cried and helped her pass out missing persons posters. Oh my god. Don't they always do that? They show up to help? Yeah. Fuckers. Yeah. Always. Ugh, makes me sick. So... Not one to sit idly by, Andrew Erdialis headed to the north side of Chicago, where he picked up Lynn Huber, who was 22, of Chicago on August 2nd, 1996. Mm. Andrew saw Huber walking with a plastic garbage bag full of clothes and asked her if she needed a ride. They rode in Andrew's pickup truck to the L tracks at... They rode in Andrew's pickup truck to the L tracks. An argument ensued, and Andrew grabbed her by the hair and pushed her to the ground. He then grabbed his gun and fired several times, hitting her only once. Andrew said he put her and her clothes in his truck and drove south because that seemed like the right way to drive. Mm -hmm. When he got to Wolf Lake, Andrew took off her clothes and stabbed her multiple times before pushing her into the water. After throwing the clothes Huber was wearing in a dumpster and leaving the garbage bag full uh, at the Salvation Army, Andrew drove to his southeast side home and went to sleep. Oh, just like that. Like, no big deal. I didn't just take someone's life. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're, we're We're almost through, everyone. Almost there. In 1997... Andrew, who was then 32, was then routinely stopped by traffic police, and they found a revolver in his car. Unable to produce a license for it, he was forced to hand it over. It would soon prove to be his downfall. Mm. The detectives Mm -hmm. acted on a hunch and tested the gun against bullets found in the three Illinois victims, Laura, Mm. Cassandra, and Lynn, and they were all a match. Mm-hmm. On April 22, 1997, Det- Detective McGrath and his partner set up surveillance in an alley about half a block south of Andrew's parents' home. Andrew emerged about 9 a.m., headed, um, headed to his job as a security guard. McGrath and his partner approached him, and they told him they were interested in the November... 1996 case in which Andrew's uh, revolver was seized. Andrew said the case had been resolved, but he agreed to come to the police headquarters. 
At first, Andrew said he did not recognize photos of the three victims, but when Detective McGrath asked him where he got his revolver, uh, Andrew said he bought it in Calumet City for $300 about five years earlier. He also said he maintained control of it since he had it, so he's saying he's never given the gun to anyone else. He's had it this mm-hmm. entire time. The Detective McGrath told Andrew the bullets used in all three murders were traced back to his gun. Andrew then took off his security badge, loosened his tie, and started to untie his shoelaces. He said, quote, I guess I'm not going to be going to work today. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, you're going to prison for the rest of your life, asshole. Yeah. Andrew Erdialis was convicted of the murders of Lori... Yulaki and Lynn Huber in 2002. He was given the death penalty, but it was commuted by Governor Ryan, along mm-hmm. with all other death row sentences shortly after the ruling. But in April 2004, he was tried and convicted in Pontiac County, Illinois, for the murder of Cassandra Corum, where he got the death penalty for that, but Illinois revoked death penalties, so... He was sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole for those in Illinois. Mm -hmm. When asked for a motive, he didn't offer one. His only reasoning was that he'd become irritated when the women begged for their lives. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He became irritated when I was already trying to kill them. That's not an excuse. There's no excuse for that, first of all. It's bullshit. With eight victims across two states... Well, actually three, because he killed a couple in Indiana, I guess. Mm -hmm. The trial process lasted many years. He was then extradited to California in 2011 for the murders, five murders in California. Mm -hmm. So in May of 2018, Andrew, who is now 54, was found guilty for the five murders in California. Those were Robin Branley, Julie McGee, Marianne Wells... Miss Irwin, sorry, I for, don't have her first name on here. I don't know why, sorry. And Denise Manny. Mm-hmm. The defense argued that Andrew had suffered a difficult upbringing and even suggested he had brain damage as a result of fetal al- alcohol syndrome due to his mom drinking during her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. But there was no justification for his crimes and he was found guilty. The prosecution said that the death penalty was the only fitting punishment for Andrew. They said, when you think about the serial killings and terrible things he did, it's hard to think of Erdialis as a person. He's a human monster. Mm -hmm. Very true. At the sentencing in October of 2018, Andrew said that he respected the jury's decision for the death penalty. He said, quote, I understand how they voted. If I were a juror in my case, I would probably have done the same thing. There's no hard feelings. Okay. He offered his sincerest apologies to everyone involved in the trials for having to hear the gory details of his crimes. The judge said that his repulsive crimes of violence had been committed to satisfy his own lust and anger on those weaker than himself. While loved ones told of the trauma they'd been through losing innocent victims and waiting for justice, Jennifer as Benson, who escaped Andrew in 1992, spoke to him directly in court. 
She said, quote, I sincerely forgive you, and that does not mean what you did was right. It does not mean that one bit. And mm. that does not mean that you don't deserve the death penalty. The judge agreed, and Andrew was given a death penalty sentence for each victim in California, so five. Yeah. Making sure that even if one of them is overturned in the future, he'll still face execution. Oh, okay. But Andrew was sentenced in October of 2018 to be mm -hmm. on death row in San Quentin. He was only there for one month before corrections officers found him unresponsive in his cell by apparent <sighs> suicide. Ugh, fucking coward. I didn't... I wasn't able to see if they posted, if it was, you know, if the autopsy came back as, yes, definitely suicide. But, I mean, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> right. Come um, on. I hate when the defense plays the, oh, he had a bad upbringing. Yeah. A lot of us did. <laughs> and we turned out normal. You know, a the lot whole... of us. Yeah. People have hard upbringings it's it's a part of life sometimes and yeah some people have it, it very difficult it was said that he he could have been abused by his parents and his sister but i'm sure i don't know i don't know they also said something about like mental disability as well i you know i'm sure that can all be factors into why he felt like this was okay for him to do yeah that he but had that no... doesn't mean he should have yeah well that the whole thing where he like where he went home and went to sleep it was like there's no there was no connection it was such a disconnect with what he had just yes. done it's like yeah clearly exactly there's some some switch that's not completely on in there and um i mean i don't know but don't it could could it be because of his upbringing yes that doesn't mean he gets off you know, no, that he gets no. less of a sentence for what he did because he did do something horrible um, many, many times. It just wasn't one time. It was many, many times. So the fact that they use that to try to lessen the crime is just appalling. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 terrible. I mean, like, you know, like we've said before, I know it's probably such a hard job to be a defense attorney, especially in a murder case but uh i just you know obviously yes. we see it from the victim side there's just no mm. way that he did this without you know thinking everything was fine you know yeah he, mm. he's disgusting he's a disgusting human being and he took the yes. coward's way out too i was so disappointed i know i know Ugh, that was great jen i mean it was awful but yeah such a <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting story. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speaking Ooh, heavy of one. attorney. Yeah. Speaking of attorney, <laughs> I have something very short for you. Um, like I told you earlier, I said I was going to just uh, look into it. And Kyle's like, oh, there's not much to it. And sure enough, there wasn't. So I thought I'd put it out there because, well, we'll get to it. Um, I'm going to talk about power of attorney. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So. Power of attorney to me was something really daunting when I had to, when Kyle and I had to do it um, on our first, on his first deployment. And so I understood it a little bit better over the years. And I just wanted to put it out there for anyone who is um, 
currently dealing with this or about to deal with this and they don't know what it is, it's it's a good... So this is just a brief overview and I got it on a military one source. So the power of attorney basically is it's a legal, it's a document that allows the service member or any person really, but in this case, it's going to be the service member allowing somebody, giving them like the right to, to take over something, something specific in their life, whether it's finances or even like in case of death, so they can take over for that. So um, a power of attorney, it's a legal binding document that gives one person the authority to act on another's behalf for legal or financial issues for a specified time. So powers of attorney... Um, must be general or written to address a specific transaction or transactions. Um, your service member will have to think through and like determine the types of transactions they may need you other than family members or like trusted uh, people to complete. If they are unsure about their needs and appointment, an appointment with the legal office, they can help you determine the right uh, power of attorney for their situation. So this is uh, something that you can discuss with legal and they can point you in the right direction of what kind of thing you want to do. So usually for like a spouse, in the case of a spouse, in my case, I'm going to use myself as an example. Um, my husband gave me general power of attorney. So general power of attorney um, gives you the legal right to take any action on behalf of your service member or your grantor. So while this can be easier, it is also, it has drawbacks as some institutions may not accept general power or at least beyond uh, the most basic kinds of transactions. But the, it's kind of, it kind of like blankets all the way across what you need to do um, handle finances, selling vehicles, uh, opening up accounts, maybe stuff like that. Um, sometimes yeah. some of the ones require more specific ones. Like if you were selling a house while your service member is deployed, then you would need a special power of attorney just for that matter. Now, sometimes this, the special power of attorney is given not just to the spouse, but to a trusted friend or family member. I've seen this in the case of, uh, of a service member leaving PCSing and they didn't have enough time to sell their car. They give a trusted friend a uh, power of attorney to sell their vehicle. So they have no other legal benefits from it other than to sell the vehicle for the service member. So it's a specific to certain transaction or business re, uh, relationship. This may include powers of attorney for specific uh, bank accounts, vehicles, or actions such as the sale of a, a particular property. A special power of attorney should include detailed information the downside to using special power of attorney is that you need to have one for every business relationship being covered. So it has to be like, they can cover the car and this one can cover the house. Has to be very specific. It will start when it is signed, it is notarized, and then it'll, the person will have a determined amount of time. Usually it's like the amount of time that the, the member is deployed or 30 days or until like one, in some cases, until one of the parties, one of the party members dies. 
um, for uh, certain situations like that if you're taking over like their medical care. To get this, you can go to the legal office and have request one, but your your active duty member has to be with you, right? Um, or you can request one online. Yeah. You can just go on there and fill it out. It's simple, really simple. It's just a step-by-step instructions. And you can even sign it with your finger online, if you like on a tablet. But you do need your active duty member as well. And they need to go to the legal office to have it notarized there. Notarized there. So yeah, uh, like I said, I've had I've had the power of attorney, the general one, when Kyle has been deployed. I don't think I've ever had to use it. No, I don't remember. I don't remember having to use it. <laughs> but it's always there just in case. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I don't it's it's really simple. There's not much mm-hmm. to it. It seems really daunting. Like when you hear about it, it's like, oh power of attorney. Like you think of like all these legal papers and it's really not. It's really, really simple. Like I say, just go to your legal office, make an appointment, and they can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. I know. I never heard of those until I know Dave got deployed the first time. He was like getting mm-hmm. all these. He's like, I gotta get this. I'm going to get these general power of attorney because, you know, so many things were in his name. And, yes. you know, then I was taking over and taking care of stuff, you know, even bills and everything, you know, you don't even think about if you, if it's yes. just like he signed up for it and I just, you know, here I am, but I got to pay for him. Mm-hmm. But I also like, what if something were to happen and he's gone, he can't be there to call them on the phone. And, you know, it's always mm-hmm. that bullshit of like, oh, I can't tell you because you're not on the account. And it's like, ah, uh-huh. like, yeah, help me out, and, you know? Yeah. And we all know the deployment curse is real. We all know this. Yes. Shit yes. happens when they get deployed or when they go TDY and they leave the, the dependent spouse behind and it's like the car breaks down. Something happens in the house, yep. a pipe bursts, you know, like it just it always yep. happens. It never fails right am i right it never fails it's murphy's <laughs> yeah. law of deployment murphy's law of deployment for reals or long extended tdys every time yes. i don't even know how many times my car broke down when kyle was deployed and i could see someone be like i'm done with this car i'm gonna go buy a car guess what you probably need a power of attorney for that if you have like, joint accounts yeah yep i know so, yeah. It comes in super handy. It's a good yes. it's a good one to know about even if you don't need it yet. It's still good to know because then you'll be prepared when it comes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good legal document that can help you with any big decisions like that. <laughs> so, yeah. For those of you that are about to go through a deployment, check that out, ask your service member and then discuss it with them if that's the right option for you. And then, like I said, talk to legal and they can help you as well. Yep. That's all. That's all I good. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Hey, that's good information. You know, any information is good information because sometimes there's people who don't know. We don't know. Yeah. There's things we don't know, but we find out just for you. Like I'm still over last week's episode where you were talking about the VA loan. I'm still like, I didn't know any of that. I feel like an idiot in my 38 years, my 15 years of being a Dependa. <laughs> like, yeah, that was great information. Oh, well, that's the thing. If you've never used it, you have no idea. If I hadn't exactly. been in real estate dealing with buyers using VA loans, I wouldn't even know like half of the stuff that I, I know mm-hmm. about it now. Like there's I don't know. We used our VA loan, but Dave did all the paperwork and everything. So I didn't know about all the stuff that you needed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more you know. 
the more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, I hope that was helpful for everybody. Yeah. Thank you for your horrible story. Oh, God, I know. It was really hard. Sorry, guys, but you're welcome, true crime lovers. Yeah. We're all true crime lovers. We are. In this COVID world. I know. We all love the terrible, bad things. I don't know why. I just find it fascinating to listen to somebody tell me a horrible murder story. I don't get it, but I love it. You know what I watched the other day that was really good? I highly recommend it. Um, Athlete A, the documentary on Netflix. Oh, I have seen it. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the preview. It's really good. I was like, eh. It was one of those days where like, I don't have anything to watch. I'm on the couch. I don't feel like getting up. Okay, I'll just watch this. And I was super intrigued. I was like, oh, man, I'm surprised I didn't watch this sooner. It was very interesting about the... um. It was a sex uh, sex scandal in in the um, yeah in the Olympic the Olympic team yeah yeah so it go it goes back to like the nineties and then and as early as the twenty sixteen Olympics wow we had um, Simone Biles and Gabby mm-hmm. Douglas Lori Hernandez all those girls. And a lot of them came forward and said, yes, I was one of the ones that w- was affected by this uh, doctor, this Olympic doctor. It's crazy. I, I recommend it. It was really wow. good. It was really insightful. And it, just to look into the world of the Olympics and how much they do and to train and in comparison to how it was back in like the 60s or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy, and those girls and and men uh, go just through so much, and their bodies are so young and so beat up and hurt, and surgeries and and you know being taped and bandaged and recoveries. It's just, it's crazy, mm-hmm. but it's good. Watch it, athlete A. It's on Netflix. Okay, I'll definitely have yeah. to check that one out. Yeah. Give me something to watch. Yeah. Thank I don't you. Have anything else. I, I started watching Son of Sam this morning and I just kind of dozed off on the couch. So I was like, I don't think I'm into it. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I get so excited for new true crime documentaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there's been, there's just been duds for me lately. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. it is. I'm just, they're like, they're not that, I don't know, not that interesting. It makes me sad. I watched, oh, uh, Why Did You Kill Me? Okay. I think that's what it's called. Why did you kill me? Um about Yes, the, I, I think that's it. It was like gang violence, gang related and then cyber stalking pretty much. It was really good. That one was really interesting. I was like, man, the people that don't give up, just the things they find. It's it was really neat mm-hmm. that one. And I don't think I've watched anything else. Yeah, I started listening to a new podcast called Radio Rental. And it's mm-hmm. hosted by Payne. His name is Payne Lindsay. And then he has Rain Wilson, who plays um, in The Office. Oh, okay. I, every, I know everybody's yelling what his name was in The Office, and I can't remember. <laughs> Dwight. Okay. His name? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know Dwight. Oh, Dwight. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, okay. Yes. So he, he does like his character called... Terry Carnation is the name of his character. And it's yeah. it's basically just people telling stories of, of something. It could be paranormal or just um, they were in danger. And they, it's just them recounting 
that event and it's really interesting yeah i love storytelling of people telling their own stories and i love yeah those kinds it's kind of like um if you ever heard this is actually happening yes another good podcast that's a good one that's so some it's similar to that yeah yeah but the the that guy rain wilson he puts kind of a humor twist to it it's kind of creepy i don't know it's pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah oh i have to check that out yeah Ooh. Veronica stories on that. So our new little mini segment is Veronica recommends. I don't have a life. So (laughs) (laughs) this is all I do. This is all I do is listen to podcasts all day long. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, girl, I'm ready. I can't wait for summer because that's all I'm going to do is just hang out. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. Few more weeks. I have a bunch of podcasts in my lineup, and then I like I've listened to all of them, and I'm trying to find other podcasts that have storytelling because I love storytelling. People telling their own stories, not so much you writing in and the host yeah. reading it. I love people telling their own story, but I am just yeah. running out of stuff. I also listened to another one. They haven't put out any new episodes since like August. It's called Spooked. That's more paranormal. Oh. Paranormal. Have you heard? I think that I've one? heard some of it. Yeah, I think I've heard a couple yeah. a couple from them. They're creepy. They're creepy. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Oh man. I, August, that's a long time. They I Yeah. It's it's been so long. You think they probably won't come back. I oh. that's what I was worried about that it wouldn't come back. Dang. But we need some see. do we need some ghost stories on here? What do you guys think? Should we do some ghost stories too? Some ghosty stories. Yeah. Send us your ghost where, stories. We could I want to find. I want to know them. I want to. I want to know them all. Somebody haunted bases. Ghost stories. Yeah. Yeah. We covered haunted bases uh, a we while did. ago. Yeah. We did it a Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you have anything weird that has happened in like your base housing, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. You can even send us like yeah, a sound please. bite and we'll play it. Oh my god! Remember our sound bite that we had too? <gasps> I forgot about that. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, it was like a – it was weird. It was. <laughs> it was. You guys, you got to go back really far because, remember, it's been two years already. Can you believe it? Oh, my yeah. God. But you got to go back. And um, we did, like, play the sound bite, and um, we I enhanced that volume so you can hear it. Yeah. It's weird, and it gave me chills. Just, I'm going to do that again. I got to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've heard the base where you're at, Jen, is pretty haunted. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, I want to know more stories. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to try to uh, get some stories maybe from people around where I work because I know the school mm-hmm. um, has some hauntings, and then my friend works at the Airmen and Family Readiness, and um, yeah, she's had some interesting encounters having to be there at night for training. <laughs> so no. yeah, so I'm uh, oh maybe we'll do maybe we'll look into that. Send yeah. us your ghost stories, please, at dependisplaining at gmail.com. Yeah. And maybe we'll have like a collection of them for October and we can cover all of them. That'd be awesome. Ooh. All of October be like have like extra many episodes of spooky stories. Yeah. Send Spooktober. us your ghosties. Spooktober. Yeah. Send us your ghost stories. Oh, who's knocking on my door? Ghost. <laughs> it's ghost. A ghost. Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? A, a ghost. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Boo. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I'm a ghost. Ooh. Yeah. Ghosts don't sound like that. I know. 
I, I bet they're they are scary. very annoyed and they're just huffing and puffing from the Probably. netherworld saying, I don't sound like that. That's what we sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop doing that. I don't sound like that. Gosh, I hate when you do that. Yeah. Just like when yeah. Kyle mimics me, he's like, oh, I'm wrong. I talk like this. I'm like, I don't sound like that. But <laughs> the high pitched voice. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Cool. But yeah. Well, Jen, I it's time it. for dinner. Yes. Look, I cut a foot off oh my, my hair. God, I love your hair. I had to. Veronica cut off miles and miles of hair today, and it just looks absolutely yeah. fabulous. Yes. I, c- I could have Rapunzeled it down the balcony if yeah. you needed to climb up, scale my hair. I had enough hair. Yes, no, I had my lo- <laughs> my lovely friend Aaliyah cut my hair today. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. I have it in a ponytail and it like still gets caught in, in my armpits and it's it gets sweaty and hot in there. I can't do it. <laughs> so I was like, just shave my head. So I feel 10 pounds lighter. That's wonderful. That's fabulous. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica's yeah, just nice. swinging her hair back and forth <laughs> just so you can see how light and flowy it is now. <laughs> yes. It's going to take me less time to shower more time yes. to podcast, less time to shower. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. That's my goal in life it's a is win-win. just to shower less. <laughs> podcast me too. I, yeah. It's just me too. Yeah. It's a waste of time. It is. Ugh. It's a waste of water. It's a waste of soap. <laughs> it's a waste of deodorant. Ugh. We should just Ugh. stink. I think we should just go back to the days where we all stunk. It's fine. It's yeah, accepted. It's I'll put a wig on. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Ugh, ugh. I don't. I, that's Baby my biggest fear is smelling. Face. Yeah, that's bad for your lungs. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, you know. Jen. It's time for dinner. Go have dinner. Are you, yes, you're going to have your spaghetti too. I am going to go eat my spaghetti and uh, hang out with the children. Same. And Dave. Same. Well, not with Dave, but my children and, and my Dave. <laughs> His name is Kyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to us. It helps us. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a comment, five-star review. Um, and if you have any ghosty stories, you can send them at dependusblaining at gmail.com or leave us a little comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We love your participation, so continue to participate. Or if you're not a participator, yeah. start participating now because we yeah, like please. it. We love yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, my friends. Thank you so much for your support and for your listening. And don't forget that wherever you go, look out, there's a ghost. Boo. There, there you, you are. are. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.